Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. It is so good to be meeting with you tonight by way of the web and through live stream. I know times right now seem to be very critical. There's a lot of questions going on with what is going on, but there's a few things we know, and that is heaven is waiting on us. God remains the same. And I thought it would be good just to take a moment right now to open up with prayer. We ask the blessing of God to come over our Bible study tonight. In just a minute, we're going to do Amazing Grace together. And um, But before we do, let's pray. Let's ask God's blessing on this Bible study this evening. And I want to say welcome to all of our anchor members, to all of our guests that are watching tonight. We welcome you as well. And uh, I just pray that, that God blesses you this evening. And I want to say that if you can, share this with, with as many people as you, uh, while we're doing Bible study. We want to reach as many people with the gospel that we can. So let's pray. God, we love you today. We ask you, Lord, to, to be with us during this time as we pray. There are so many questions. Every day there seems to be some, some more strict um, uh, level of quarantine. God, there's, there's people that are being told not to come back to work. They are being at home. And as my mom said on the phone earlier, but there's nothing better than being locked in with God. I pray that, Lord, in their homes right now, wherever they are, maybe driving back from work, God, I pray a blessing that they would feel the anointing of God come upon their spirit. I pray that your hand would be upon us tonight as we dive into the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's do amazing grace tonight together. And I, I know I can't see you, but right where you are, when I begin to play, let's sing this song together. Amazing grace, how sweet, oh, the sound that saved a wretch 
like me. I once was lost, oh, but now, thank God I'm found, for I was blind, but now I see. Oh, trust grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved how precious did that grace appear oh the hour I first believed. Last night I was having Bible study with my children and uh, we're home and it's a new dynamic for us. We're sitting around the house and more than we've been at the house together for some time. I have to say though that it, there's one been great benefit and that's been some good home cooking, not that we don't have that. And uh, I was thinking earlier, they always accuse me of talking of food every time I have a Bible study, so here goes. I had Jillian's bacon and eggs and home potatoes, I believe it was yesterday morning, and Lakin's homemade biscuits. And uh, going to go home tonight and have some more of Cindy's tortilla chicken soup. And uh, I'm hungry right now thinking about it. I hope that you are finding the blessings of God being with your family. And I was thinking earlier, I said in the prayer just a minute ago that my mom was saying, there's nothing like being locked in with God. Who would have ever thought that we'd be at a place to where there's no sports events right now taking our time in busy schedules? Right now, there's not one church activity that's going on. This coming week on Sunday, we're going to have a Sunday service. We're going to have a live stream service with the full praise band and a message like we did this last week. So you're going to be able to have that, but we will not be having gathering services until further notice. And so every week we will get, give you a constant update. There have been people calling the church and they've been saying, we don't know what to do. Uh, we're not sure what to do. Uh, how do we give our tithes and offerings? You can mail that in or you can stop by. We have our normal office hours Monday through Thursday, 9 to 2, as well as Friday, 9 to 12. And so you can either mail it in, you can give online or you can swing by the church. And so uh, uh, pray that God blesses you, though, uh, while you're at home. And remember, God is, is, his church has not been canceled. The church can't be canceled. There's no such thing. We are the church. You can't cancel the church. He said, up on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. It can't stop it. The church that has been in a building hasn't been canceled. It's just been mobilized. You have the ability right now as, as disciples of Jesus Christ to share the gospel with the uncertainty that's in our community, in our world. Take a moment. Share the videos. Share uh, when I teach tonight. Share it on your pages. You have a way right now to reach people. Have people to come Sunday. Maybe a, a couple neighbors, a family member say, hey, uh, pastor's going to be addressing some things that, that's current events. Uh, this coming week. And so those are ways that you can share the gospel. I do want to say I certainly miss having church with you all. That, that's just a fact. Uh, 
I, I'm so looking forward to when we can gather again and have church. But until then, let's just, we're still hearing from God. I was pondering uh, in the Bible study last night with my children, and it is about Solomon's temple. Solomon's temple. In times of trouble, what do we do? Where do we, where do we go? What do we look to? Solomon built a temple in 2 Chronicles chapter 6. If you want to turn there in your Bible, you can. 2 Chronicles chapter 6. This is the dedication prayer of Solomon's temple. It was a world, it would have been a wonder of the world. Some estimate that Solomon's worth at that time and what was built then would have been worth $840 billion in comparable economies. $840 billion. They would send ships out and come back every three years with exotic animals and different types of, uh, of things from all over the world. They would have represented here. Even the Queen of Sheba traveled in 2 Kings chapter 10. It says that she traveled, she traveled about 1,000 miles without a plane, a train, or an automobile to get there to see this wonderful place that Solomon had built. Why was it such an extravagant place? What does it represent? I'm going to show tonight in this Bible studies what Solomon's temple represented. It represented a, a physical manifestation of the glory of God in a place of worship. But it's not just the, the edifice that was built there. Uh, that was the, the magnitude of that place. But it was where it was built. Solomon built a place that in his prayer, he said when things go wrong, you can read all through chapter 6 of 2 Chronicles 6, 2 Chronicles, you can find out that when things go wrong, when they would sin and stray away from God, what would happen is, he said, but Lord, if they found that they were losing the battle, or if the heavens dried up, meaning that there was no rain, he said, God, no matter where they are, if they will look back to this place, Solomon's temple, the, where, where it was located, to the place where it was built. If, when they will look back to this place, no matter where they are, he said, God, he said, I'm asking you to forgive them, and I'm asking you to hear their prayer. He went on down in 2 Chronicles 6 and 28, if you want to look there. It said, if there be dearth in the land, if there be pestilence, that, that, that's, that's how I would compare to a coronavirus. Um, if there be blasting or mildew, locust, we hear about the locusts right now in Africa by, by the billions, uh, or caterpillars, if their enemies besiege them in the cities of their land, whatsoever sore or whatsoever sickness there be, he said, then what prayer or what supplication soever shall be made of any man? He goes on to say, in this house, but also he prayed toward this house. He said, then hear thou, verse 30, then hear thou from heaven thy dwelling place and forgive and render unto every man according to all his ways whose heart thou knowest. For thou only knowest the hearts of the children of men. Uh, I want to say that there is a place that we can look to. There's a place that we can go to that when sickness comes upon us, questionable things, economy seems to be plummeting now dropped nearly, I guess it's dropped almost 10,000 points in the last uh, few weeks and uh, jobs are in question. Where do we go? What do we do? Where do we look to? I'm going to tell you where we look. We look to Jesus. Jesus is, is unchangeable. He's the same yesterday. 
He's the same today and he's the same forever. He said, I am the Lord and I change not. Let's talk about where Solomon built the temple. It was strategic. You'll find that in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 3, it was built in Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah is where Abraham offered Isaac. And it was in this place where he offered Isaac that God said, because you've withheld nothing from me, you've given everything. He said, I'm going to bless those that bless you. I'm going to curse those that curse you. I'm going to give you generational blessings. I'm going to bless all of your seed, all of the descendants of you. I'm going to bless them because you built an altar here to me and you withheld nothing from me. You'll find that this place also became known as the threshing floor of Ornan. What had happened is David had been provoked by Satan to number the people. It's amazing when David was just a, a lad with a slingshot keeping his father's sheep and uh, his, his father Jesse had told him to go check on his brothers because they were in battle with the Philistines. Hadn't fought yet, but he gets there. There is a Goliath, a giant down in the valley. And uh, David said, what's going to happen to the ones that kills this, kills this Goliath? And uh, everybody was fearful, but David wasn't because he was dependent upon God. He had killed a lion with his own hands. He had killed a bear with his hands. And he said, and he, he, he made it clear, I will conquer him. He took a slingshot, ran down in the valley, and he killed Goliath. It was just David, a slingshot, God, and Goliath. And God gave him a victory. And he said, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a shield, speaking of Goliath. He said, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Years later, he's the king. He's the king of Israel. He's got, he's got hundreds of thousands in his army. And he's going against another battle. And he tells his captains, go number. Let's make sure we have enough in our army before we go to war. David had become dependent upon things instead of dependent upon God. I think we ought to take a moment and realize right now what's most important. It's amazing how many people had, had valued sports the way they have. And now it's just in one moment shut down. I think there is a reevaluation that's going on. What really matters and David at that moment had become dependent upon society. He had become dependent upon an army, dependent upon um, economy. and began to question what God could do based upon what he had in his hands. Hey, let's, let's not forget God's not limited. He can save by many or save by few, the scripture says. One verse says that his arm is not short that he cannot reach. His eye is not dim that he cannot see. And God's ear is not dull that he cannot hear. God is not limited to our limitations. He is not limited to our limitations. And David found at a moment that depending on all these things and, and uh, Satan provoked him at that moment to number. And when he did, God got angry. Judgment came upon the people. And David had to find a place to stop the judgment of God. He built an altar what was known as the threshing floor of Ornan. Ornan had seen the angel of judgment there, and um, he said, David, you can have it. You can have this place to build an altar. If you would see the angel of judgment, fear would move over you too, a fear of God. You can have the place. You can have the wood. You can have, you can have the animal for the sacrifice. And David made this statement at this specific location where Abraham offered Isaac. 
now where he's building an altar uh, to stop any judgment of God. And this is what he said. How can I offer God something that costs me nothing? He said, I want this place for the full price. I want to buy it for everything it's worth. I don't want to cheap, uh, cheap my altar, cheapen my altar in any way, shape, or form. You tell me what it's worth, and I'm going to buy it for that. And he bought the threshing floor of Ornan. Uh, Samuel calls him Arana. But David buys this place. He builds an altar. He sacrifices an, an animal upon that altar. And when he does, heaven responds to him, and God hears his prayer, and the judgment is stopped. This same location is where Solomon built the temple known as Solomon's Temple, the wonder of the world, this place of grandeur, this place of beauty. And in his prayer, he said, Oh God, if people stray away, or if people find that there's sickness upon them, what do they do? He said, God, if they will look back to this place, he said, God, I'm asking you to forgive them, to hear them from heaven, and to heal them. I want you to know that we have a place that we can go to. We have built an altar before God. I look back over my life, and I could take you to moments in my life that I made a covenant with God. Lord, in the good times and the bad times, I'm going to live for you. No, what, no matter what anybody else does, God, I'm going to live for you. And I know that because I'm committing to you, God, you're committing to me. And God is committing to us. When we sin... The Bible says we have an advocate with the Father of the righteous who is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I realize there's people out there saying this is judgment. I, I, can't, I can't say that. I don't know what's going on in America would be judgment. What I do know, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to reevaluate your, re your life and ask yourself a question. Am I right with God? Is the earthquake that happened in Salt Lake City today, is this a sign of the times? Or the locust that's hitting Africa by the billions, is this a, a sign of the times? Hey, folks, it's 2020. It's, it's the end time. It is the end time. I'm not saying this is going to be the end right now, but I know we're closer than we've ever been. And God has given you a unique opportunity to repent, to get your sins forgiven and washed away, and to find the grandeur and, and the glory of his presence in your life. I do believe that this, what, this is what this represents. Because when Solomon built this temple, and he offered all of these sacrifices on that, he began to pray, and God answered by fire in 2 Chronicles 7. And the Lord, when Solomon finished the temple, in verse 12 of 2 Chronicles chapter 7, let's turn there, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, uh, verse 12 it says and the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him I have heard thy prayer and have chosen notice this place to myself for an house of sacrifice if I shut up heaven that there be no rain or if I command the locusts to devour the land or if I send pestilence upon my people if judgment does come, if things are going wrong in your life, watch what he says in verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray 
That means to be pushed back from things that you desire. That humble, another word for that is fast. But you push back and you'll pray. And seek my face. That means not just his hand. But you seek the face of God. To know him. Uh, a lot of people seek for the hand of God. They, they want the benefits, but they don't want to know him. He said, if you will pray, seek my face, and turn, turn from their wicked way, the sin in your life. God's revealing that what is in your life that's not right with him. But if you'll turn away, a word for that is repent. Say, God, I don't want to live this way no more. I don't want these things in my life anymore. I don't want sin in my life anymore. Oh, God. Lord, if, this, if I look around and think if this, this the earthquake, the, the locust, the pestilence that's, that's changed everything in the world right now, it looks like the amount of cases has, has doubled overnight. The death rates that we're seeing around the world, it's just unbelievable the, the, how, the, how surreal this really is. Thank you. you got to search your heart and say, God, is there any wickedness in me? There's a verse that says, search me, O God. Search my heart. Let my heart be fixed. Is there anything in me, O God, that's not right with you? See, we can say when we're busy and the schedule's full and we don't have to look ourselves in the mirror and there's not a moment to think, we can think we're okay. But the Bible says that the heart is desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? But moments like this, you've got to say, am I right with God? Is God going to get me through this? Is God going to bless me? How do you know? Because that's a mirror right there. The Word of God is a mirror that you can look into and see if there's anything in your life that's, that's not right with Him. And I'm asking you to take a moment. I'm going to finish this in just a second here. We're going to get to Calvary in just a moment. It's going to be powerful what God's going to show us in His Word. But just for a moment, He said, if you'll turn from your wicked way, wicked ways, He said, then will I hear from heaven, I'm going to forgive their sin, watch this, and I will heal their land. I've preached it for years, and awakening's coming to North America. I have preached it for years, and awakening is coming. God has shown me the, a great revival. I've preached it. I've been prophesying it for probably three years. God's going to fill millions of people in North America with his spirit, just like on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. If you've never read it, you need to read it. And when you find that his spirit fell out and filled them with the Holy Ghost, they begin to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance, this, this language that God allowed them to speak. It can happen to you. Acts chapter 2 verse 39 says it's for you, it's for your children, and it's for all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I want you to understand today that it doesn't matter how sinful you've been, it doesn't matter how wicked you've been, God's mercy is greater than your sin. God's blood that he shed is greater than any wickedness in your life. Let me pause here and get back here to what in the temple. This is God's answer to Solomon's prayer. This is a place. This place, yes, Solomon, they can look back and if they'll repent, they'll pray, they'll humble themselves, they'll turn from their sin. He said, I'll hear their prayer, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. We're going to do that at the end. We're all going to pray together. We're going to repent. We're going to call on the name of God. We're going to ask him for forgiveness, to forgive us. You know what? And we believe that God is going to heal our land. Amen. Watch this. Solomon's temple. This is what becomes Jerusalem. This is what becomes known as Calvary. The greatest story that's ever been told is that a God of perfection and a God of heaven will come out of heaven and come down. 
John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. John the Baptist preached about him. He said, and pointed him out in the crowd at the Jordan River, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Jesus was going to be the ultimate sacrifice. It was going to be a place just like Abraham paid the full price. David paid the full price. Solomon dedicated this place to no matter what's going on, sins can be forgiven here. Lies can be healed. People can be changed. And this place became known as Calvary. Calvary, a place where Jesus went up to Calvary. He went up that hill with a cross on his back. They laid him down on the cross and drove nails in his hands and in his feet. He'd never done anybody wrong. Only thing he'd ever done was open the blinded eyes and heal the sick and feed the hungry, forgive sins and give people a second chance. But he had to die. You know why? So we wouldn't have to pay for our own sins. He was becoming our substitute. He was creating a place that no matter where we are in the world or how far we stray away from him, we can say, oh God, I call on the name of the Lord. And in that moment, by calling on the name of the Lord, you can be forgiven. You can have your sins forgiven through baptism. You can have it washed away. Calvary became that. Watch what happened. Jesus died at Calvary. Crown of thorns on his head. They put 39 stripes on his back. I mean blood would have been running over his brow, over his eyes. The excruciating pain. Can you imagine? Could you imagine the nails in your hands? The nail in your feet? A crown of thorns pressed on your brow? The clotting of the blood trying to go over with the salt and the, and the sweat hanging at Calvary. The agony that he went through. Let me tell you why he did that. So you could come out of agony. Let me tell you why he did that. So the hands that you sinned with could be forgiven. The feet that went places they should have never went. The thoughts that you thought that he could forgive you. He was perfect. 33 and a half years old he was when he died. But he never made one mistake, never had a wrong thought. He was the most pure human being that had ever lived. He was God manifest in the flesh. Why did he die? So you could come out of sin, come out of wickedness, come out of sickness. I believe today while you're watching, God could heal you. I believe God can heal you, preserve you, and even protect you. You say, how do I do that? I'm going to tell you how to do it. Jesus died. They came and got him off of the cross. It was, it was Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus took his body and they buried it in the tomb. They put a stone over that and buried him. They put soldiers beside that because they, they said that the disciples would try to steal him at night because Jesus said he would be resurrected. But on that third day, he died, he buried, and he was resurrected. And he was resurrected in glory and in splendor and in power. Let me compare that back to Solomon's temple. Solomon's temple was a place where a place of death or a place of an altar where everything was given became a place of glory and splendor. I can't tell you how many times in my 30 years of preaching, I'm 41 now, I started preaching when I was 11, in 30 years of preaching that I've seen people come to the altar, repent of their sins, we take them to the baptismal tank, because Romans 6, I want you to turn there. Romans 6 explains baptism so well. Jesus died. Jesus was buried. 
and Jesus was resurrected. Let's look at what it says in Romans 6 here just for a second. It says in verse 1, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, he says. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? How do you die to sin? You, you repent. Not just, oh God, if I've done anything wrong. No, I'm talking about God change me. I don't want to live the life I've been living. I don't want to do the things that I've been doing. Oh God, forgive me, I'm praying. Change my life. Turn me around. Repentance is a change of mind. I don't want to be the sinner going down the road that I've been going to. God, I want to walk a new way. I want to live the life that you have for me. Once you've repented and you've died out to sin, verse 3 says, Know ye not that so many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism. What do you do with dead people? You bury them. How you bury a person that's repented? By baptism. Watch what it says. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. That sounds like a, a healed person, a healed mind, a forgiving a forgiven person. It sounds like a person that has a brand new start, a brand new beginning. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. I believe one of the parallels today is what Abraham did in Mount Moriah and David did at that altar paying the full price. Solomon's temple became a visible splendor of glory of what comes out of total commitment. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that everything's going to be all right because I've got an altar built between me and Jesus. I got on my knee one day and I said, God, I'm yours forever. Lord, I give you my life. I would pray a prayer when I was younger and I still pray it sometimes. But I would say, God, I want to go where you want me to go. I want to be what you want me to be. I want to do what you want me to do. And I want to say what you want me to say. I want you to know that there's an altar that you can build in your life where you die out to this world. You die out to all sin. You can build a covenant with Jesus Christ and say, God, I'm yours. And that's the place you can look to because that place where you made a covenant with God, he made a covenant with you. He said, because if, if you will live according to my word, he said, I will be your God and you will be my people. I don't, I'm not fretting. I realize there's, there's, there's crazy events, but I've got that old blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. I know that he's going to take care of me and Cindy and Lakin and Sawyer and Jillian and Finn. I know he's going to take care of you, but you've got to quit trying to do things on your own. You've got to trust him. You've got to turn it all over to him. Give your heart. He's not asking for your stuff. He's asking for you. Build that altar and tell God, I'm asking you to change my life. Today is a great moment for that. For that, I could take you back to the spot where I built an altar before the Lord. I know today everything's going to be all right. There's an old song that says, Peace, peace. Close your eyes with me. Oh, wonderful peace. Coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my 
spirit forever, I pray. In fathomless billows of love, oh, peace, peace, yes, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Oh, sweep over, sweep over my spirit forever, I pray. In fathomless billows of love. If you want prayer, we will pray with you. Right there on live on Facebook, you can send a message there to us. We will call you. We will meet with you. We will teach you a Bible study. If you would like to be baptized and you've repented tonight, we will baptize you in Jesus' name. We have a team, a prayer team that is set up to meet, to pray, to teach. Uh, I realize we're not at church, but we have an altar, uh, a team that would, typical altar workers that would pray with you and walk you through this time in your life. You do not have to be alone. You do not have to be afraid. You do not have have to have questions that there's no answers to. Jesus is your answer. Everything that's going on is right there in the book. I am planning on Friday talking about current events and talking about biblical prophecy. Stay tuned for that. We're going to talk about that. But you can either message or in the note, just put, hey, I'd like to be contacted. I need prayer. I need somebody to pray. I don't, I don't care if it's a, no matter what the situation is. We want to pray with you. We want to walk with you through this. And uh, I, I feel God right now. I really do. I feel God reaching out and touching people's lives. Don't just turn him off when this, this is turned off. But let God reach, reach for you. And Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.